It's so good to be outside again. Hey, I'm Father Roderick, and welcome to a new episode of The Walk. It's a beautiful, sunny morning, and there is this almost intoxicating smell of flowers. Beautiful, beautiful bush of flowers here, uh, purple flowers on the side of this house. And uh, there's this very, very strong scent. I don't know actually what kind of plant that is. But uh, really nice. It is uh, one of these early moments of the day. Well, relatively early. It's uh, about 9.30. And the sun is still relatively low. And it gives everything a nice golden edge. The city is waking up. I'm uh, walking in the direction of the, the city park. So not, not towards the center. Because I want to be... Surrounded by nature <laughs> after two days that I did not expect would happen. <clears throat> you may still be able to hear it uh, from the sound of my voice. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely 100% healthy. <laughs> In fact, uh, this is the first morning that I'm able to walk again. <laughs> At least to walk without collapsing. Um, Saturday, on Saturday, I had my appointment to get vaccinated. Uh, my age category, they do this in, in tranches of, uh, uh, you know, two years. And so people born from 1967 to 1968 could make an appointment um, to get vaccinated, which I did immediately, and uh, I got an appointment for May, uh, June the 5th. Uh, and it was in Amersfoort, so it was not too far away. Sometimes you have to travel half the country to get a spot. And, uh, and the vaccination would be with the Johnson vaccine. Um, and then once I had made my appointment, um, the, the government decided to stop using the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and to switch entirely to Pfizer or Moderna. Uh, this because of the very rare um, uh, side effects or complications that could uh, uh, be caused by the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and also because the, the overall uh, effectiveness of the Johnson vaccine is, is lower than Pfizer and Moderna. I think Pfizer and Moderna give you like more than 90% protection, whereas with Johnson, I think it's around 68%. Uh, the one advantage of, of Johnson is you only need to get one vaccination. So once that news broke, <clears throat> of course, I was still uh, waiting for the vaccination. They said, well, you can actually request another appointment to, to get vaccinated with uh, Pfizer or Moderna. Uh, but we don't recommend it. Uh, just go ahead with it. Which is what I did. I didn't want to postpone it any longer because then I would have to make another appointment so it could have taken uh, more time. Plus, I wasn't looking forward to uh, that second vaccination. Even though, in the same week, we got the news that people who had already had COVID, even if it was... Uh, longer than six months ago, which is my case, because I got it in towards the end of September, start of, of October, um, you could, uh, <coughs> uh, you could, you could dispense with the second vaccination. So only one uh, vaccination with uh, Pfizer or, Moder or Moderna would be enough. But anyway, so I went to the um, <coughs> vaccination uh, site and uh, it was a huge uh, place with hundreds of uh, people waiting and uh, getting their shots or, or jabs. I think that's how you call it in English. Um, and of course, I, I was a little bit tense because I'm, I'm not a fan of needles. And, uh, but on the other hand, I was like, let's just, let's just get this over with. At least I will be protected. And having had COVID, a bad case of COVID myself... I, I'm pretty confident that would, that will give me the, the kind of protection that uh, uh, will suffice. 
And of course, I, I was still hoping that since I already had antibodies, and maybe I wouldn't suffer from the same side effects as some other people had uh, told me about. Father Henry um, had had his Johnson uh, uh, vaccination a week earlier. Um, he's, my, he's the same age as I am. Um, and he had headaches and had a little bit of a feverish feeling for about two days. And then it kind of subsided. Um, so I had high hopes. And uh, when I got the shot, of course, <laughs> the lady tried to distract me. Um, because some people get are nervous when they get a jab. And... Uh, and she said, oh, it's already in. I was like, I know, I felt it. <laughs> so some people told me, oh, I didn't even feel the needle going in. Well, I definitely felt it. <laughs> it was not nice. It, it kind of confirmed. Ooh, there's that smell again. Oh, I think I know what these flowers are. I think we call them rhododendrons in, in Dutch. I'm not sure what the name is in, uh, in English. Uh, these very brightly colored... Is this a park or not? There's a path here. No, I think this is actually a private garden. Let me look that up for you real quick, what that is. Um, so, <clears throat> I, unfortunately, I did feel the needle, and uh, she said uh, the, the Johnson vaccine is actually known to be more, she calls it prickly, <laughs> and I may still feel the um, the jab a couple of days later, which is still the case. Kind of feels like someone punched me in the arm, um, and that oh well, if if that's the only thing. But and then the next day, <clears throat> I um, I actually felt all right. Oh, actually, in English. It's called rhododendron as well, I think. I did not know that. A shrub or small tree of the heath family with large clusters of bell-shaped flowers and typically with large evergreen leaves widely grown as an ornamental. And apparently now is the time that these uh, plants uh, have their flowers. Beautiful. Um, so the next day I had to accompany Father Henry to uh, one of his parish churches where there would be a procession with the uh, with the, the Holy Sacrament because it is uh, Corpus Christi is the feast of the body and blood of Christ and so he needed someone to carry the monstrance which is this uh, very ornate uh, how would you explain that it's uh, like a circular metal holder for the host. Um, and that is, <clears throat> with that, you can carry it around in procession. So he needed someone to carry that while he would carry the microphone and uh, pray the prayers. And he didn't see how he could both carry Jesus and a microphone at the same time, which is kind of logical. So I volunteered to help him with that. <clears throat> And even though I did absolutely feel the weight after a while of the monstrance, and uh, I tried to carry it mostly with my right arm because the jab was in the left arm, um, I was still able to to make it all right. And uh, I was I was happy to not have any uh, symptoms after the vaccination. And then after lunch. <clears throat> I, uh, I I was getting very tired, and I was not feeling all too well, so I don't think I even got lunch. I think I just went to bed, lay down a little bit. Oh, I remember Father Henry had to still celebrate the International Mass, and uh, since I decided to uh, temporarily uh, stop streaming Mass on Sunday for my internet followers... Um, I could go to bed. And then a few hours later, I was woken up by Father Henry knocking on my door, asking if I wanted to uh, 
eat something and that's when I felt that oh my goodness this is not going well <laughs> I had a fever I was so tired and so for the rest of the Sunday I stayed in bed and then uh, it was getting worse and worse and then I tried to sleep and then uh, yesterday <clears throat> Monday it got even worse I was so tired that every time I, I got up and uh, for instance if I had to go to the bathroom after that I could barely walk anymore I was so exhausted and plus I, <clears throat> I had a, a definitely a fever and a headache and I was not hungry I was just uh, completely off the rails <laughs> and uh, I was hoping that it wasn't well it definitely was part of the normal uh, side effects or the predicted side effects it's just that the intensity still surprised me um, because most people that I know had some symptoms but not didn't knock them out but in my case it it totally did Um, I had a an online uh, meeting with the uh, Episcopal committee for communication and media on in the afternoon so I kind (laughs) of try to uh, motivate myself enough I kind of dressed up and uh, put the green screen behind me so people couldn't see the mess in my in my bedroom and uh, and I was glad that the meeting only lasted two hours after that I completely collapsed Um, because I, of course, I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to uh, sabotage the, <laughs> the meeting by just sitting there sneezing and, and feeling feeling miserable. So at, right after that, I went back to bed, and I only now emerged from it. And here I am, outside walking. I can still tell that I uh, <laughs> I need to take it easy tomorrow, today, and tomorrow probably still need some extra time to uh, get my strength back but there you there you go that's uh, that's what happened uh, one advantage is if this is it then I'm done <laughs> I've had covid I've I had my vaccination I've had this all the side effects in the in the most intense way possible and now I hope I'm fully protected and over it and I hope that that is the case for and most of you as well, um, because man, what a what a what a what a year! It's just crazy. <laughs> Wait, is this the park? I barely recognize it because everything has grown so much over the past few weeks. Here is a path. Where does it go? I think it leads into the woods. I wonder if the path, if this is a real path. Let me just go in here. This almost feels like France. It's so gorgeous with the um, the trees and then the long grass. This is a trend, by the way, that they let everything grow. In the past, they would mow it down because it was considered to be, you know, not tidy enough. But then more and more we we. In the Netherlands, we start to realize that that also kills a lot of the um, natural habitat of, of, of birds and insects and, uh, uh, what is it, butterflies and stuff. So, oh, wow. Oh, this is the same, the same park that I walked in just in, during the last episode of the walk, but it has completely transformed because now this, what used to be just this empty meadow is now filled with flowers. Like tons and tons of red poppies here, the occasional uh, purple-blue. Um, oh, what's the name of that flower? I don't, I don't know the name in English. And you've got lots of yellow, yellow white flowers. It's gorgeous. Sea of flowers in here on my left, it's all grain. That is growing, or maybe, but I don't think this is done deliberately uh, that they're cultivating it, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
anyway, it looks very pretty. So it, it's amazing that after just five minutes from the center of the city, you are in this beautiful natural environment. It's gorgeous. And it's nice to be in the shadow as well because the sun is, uh, is pretty strong already. Uh, so I think that the only uh, remaining issue that I'm dealing with is uh, a bit of hay fever, which I normally don't really have or don't suffer from. But maybe it's because of all the other stuff that happened that I'm more sensitive. I don't know, but it's clearly uh, affecting my sinuses and, and also my voice. This could also be, maybe be caused by the delivery method of the Johnson vaccine because I think they use a variant of the common cold virus to uh, as a carrier for the, the vaccine, vaccine uh, which is different from, from Pfizer and Moderna. So maybe that is also causing a, a bit of these cold-like symptoms. Not sure. Anyway, glad I, I'm over this. And, uh, and now I'm starting to look forward to normality again. For the past three weeks, as I've shared with you before, uh, most of my time and energy was taken up by uh, uh, the editing process of the Camino series, which was great to do, uh, but also exhausting. But that is finished now. I've really relived the Camino by editing it. Um, and I've realized that the, a lot of the lessons that I learned during the Camino are, are still very applicable to my current situation. I think they're uh, doing some maintenance in the forest there because I hear them uh, sawing off tree, tree branches or whatever. Maybe that will cause some extra noise further down the road. Um, the most important thing that I realized while editing uh, the Camino was was this, this main question that I had while I was walking uh, the middle part of the journey, was that, you know, what, what constitutes my identity? Uh, I was walking there without a parish, without uh, even the ability to celebrate Mass in a church on Sunday. Um, I didn't have my priestly clothes. Uh, I didn't have my work. And, and I, I remember that it hit me, you know, like, what makes me a priest now? Now that everything that gave me my identity and also gave me a reason to wake up every morning and, and, and work, all that has fallen away. What's left? And I remember how hard it was to be so lonely all of a sudden and so kind of without, without any motivation to... Uh, that motivation is maybe not the word. Uh, without anything that that normally helps me to to feel useful, and I think that was that turned out to be the the clue to the lesson that I needed to learn was that um, I was I was very much dependent on uh, the work that I did to prove to myself that I was useful. I'm not sure if I explained myself correctly, but I, I feel that I, for a long time, uh, I, I worked super hard and I always stro strove for perfection because of this fear of not being good enough. Um, and, and it was this, this walk to Santiago where God actually took away everything that normally... Uh, would would drive me um, to tell me, you know, just you is good enough for me. <laughs> I love you regardless of what you do. I, I, you are a priest even if you don't have a flock right now. <laughs> and then, ironically, of course, he sent me a flock. He, I came across people that, that wanted me to pray with them and, uh, and asked me to celebrate the Eucharist with them. So even though... I didn't have my own flock at that moment. God sent me uh, people from all over the world that were looking for a shepherd. 
and there I was. So <laughs> it, it was a very important lesson, I think, to realize that my worth and my worthiness does not depend on what I do and what I... And I think that, that discovering how much... Oh, there's the... That's, that's where they're working. Yeah, they're definitely doing some maintenance here in the park. <clears throat> I think the... Uh, this uncertainty is, is very, was very deeply rooted in uh, probably my upbringing and also some traumas that I experienced as a child where... Uh, I felt that I had had to constantly prove myself to be worthy, and I thought that the only way to do it was to to work hard and to be better than than expected, and uh, which of course creates a lot of stress. It did push me also to reach a lot of goals in my life, but it was also oftentimes extremely fatiguing, and I still suffer from time to time from that same uh, tendency to overdo it, to think that, you know, um, I'm not doing enough. And especially in this time of my life where I've, uh, I, I, I don't have my own parish anymore um, and I've been asked to move, uh, move away from the people that I've served as a priest for, uh, for 20 years because of financial reasons because they wanted to rent out a place to uh, uh, a party that could pay more all that has I think kind of uh, brought me in a situation where I started to ask the same questions and I, I only realized that when I was editing this story of the Camino I was like wow I still have those questions right now I'm struggling with the same thing you know what is my life as a priest now that I don't have a parish anymore and I'm just assisting and, and especially because I had to uh, uh, suspend the uh, the international mass, which I've done with so much love, and it was such a wonderful experience. But I just couldn't do it anymore. It was so hard to organize it, uh, so stressful, and I felt that I was chased from place to place, and there was basically no safe place to celebrate that mass. And not not to mention the the technical problems with the the Wi-Fi. I can't even stream a podcast anymore. I can't do it. Like after five or six minutes, the connection just breaks, and then I'm speaking into a void. And only like forty-five minutes later, I discover that people have only seen the first six minutes, and then the connection broke. It's just this culmination of frustration and uh, and exhaustion. It was also just I was just. So much has happened. Oh, wow. It's so beautiful here. Let me just stop here and take it in. I've got those rhododendrons here on my left. Beautiful, different shades of purple. You hear the birds in the trees, the doves high up in that oak tree doing their ruku ruku. Ah. So calming, but so I, I realized I I can't do this by myself anymore, and uh, uh, it's it's just such a source of uh, such an energy leak right now, and and I'm I'm just pushing myself way too hard, and I I had a conversation with Inga about this, uh, which I normally do. I always try to get some advice from from other people. Am I making the right decision here? It's like, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. And then Inga told me, well, it's mostly you. People will, will understand it if you explain the situation. They will, they will understand that you can't do it right now. And, uh, but you are telling yourself that you have to do this. And I said, yeah, I think you're right. Because I've heard from from a number of people how important this weekly mass is for them and how much it strengthens them in these hard times and of course in many places people are uh, are able to go to church again thankfully but there are also some people that are still in lockdown or or can't go to church or, or don't 
want to go to their local church for so, several reasons. And so for for a number of people that were watching Mass on Sunday, I was kind of the only link they had with... Uh, with with uh, uh, with the Eucharist, and so it, I just felt so guilty to take that away from them. On the other hand, again, what I learned during the Camino was, uh, you know, it's it's good. God God loves me the way I am, and and He knows of my limitations also when it comes to energy and all the practical impossibilities. And he doesn't push me. The only one who's pushing me is me. <laughs> but for God, it's, it's, it's good, and he will find a way to help the people that you are unable to serve at this moment. Plus, he will send you... He will send you on your way in time. Just trust that... He is your shepherd. He is carrying you. Whereas you always think that you have to carry him. <laughs> it's the opposite. And uh, I realized that when I was carrying the monstrance uh, during the Feast of Corpus Christi. I was like, I'm, I'm carrying Jesus and the monstrance is pretty heavy. <laughs> but actually, in reality, he is carrying me right now. And he has been for the past months that I've been in this extraordinary situation I do actually feel very much that he is there to carry me through and uh, even this insight that though I don't have a, uh, a uh, my own parish anymore and I can't even uh, organize an international mass anymore so even this, this digital parish that I <laughs> formed in a certain way or that God gave me even I can't even serve them anymore uh, it's still okay for God it's, it's you know don't worry let nothing disturb you God will figure it out he has a plan and uh, you don't have to worry about that you're good enough God does not judge me on the basis of how many masses I stream how many TV shows I produce and sometimes when I feel completely uh, unable to do anything, like these past two days that I was in bed, uh, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I couldn't work. I couldn't podcast. I, uh, and, and this was something that was already nagging uh, that I hadn't been able to record my regular shows for a while. Uh, and, that, and, and, and so I constantly tell myself, well, you know what, tomorrow I'll feel better and I will have energy and I will sit down and record those podcasts. People are counting on it. You know, it's going to be fine. And then I get sick and then another two days go by and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I know that some of you really miss those weekly shows because it's also a way to keep in touch and to nurture the friendship. Um... But even, I have to believe that the friendship that I have with my listeners can handle it, you know, can withstand these few weeks that I'm unable to produce the, the amount of podcasts that I normally produce just because of the extraordinary circumstances that I'm in. And, uh, and the same is true for God as well. My relationship with God does not depend on my efforts that I put in it. Of course it's important to try to nurture your soul and 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 do whatever you can to to strengthen your your relationship with God to pray but if you're too sick to pray if you're too tired to stream mass then God understands <laughs> and he doesn't love you an inch less than than if you would be able to do all those things that's a comforting thought I'm overlooking uh, the river here, which seems to be a little bit wider than it used to be. Maybe because of all the rain that has fallen over the past few weeks. It's finally, finally getting much, much better weather-wise. 
in the meadow below in the distance I see this uh, farmer who is he's been mowing the grass and he's now uh, using this machine to uh, evenly spread it out maybe to let it dry so that then later they can gather it for the for as hay for the cattle interesting So, but it is a constant struggle for me to accept that sometimes I, I cannot match my own ideals. And I feel that, and, and I have to resist this feeling of inadequacy, not, not doing enough. And I constantly have to tell myself, it's okay what you do. <laughs> and it is probably from an outsider's perspective, uh, you're working a lot you're producing tv shows all by yourself um and and, and most people don't even realize this the the very very limited circumstances in which i am currently trying to get by and so given the situation it is quite amazing that i've been able to do work at all and, um, and what I do, quality-wise, is still really good. And I say that without, you know, uh, boasting. But I'm, I really know it's good. <laughs> and I get that feedback. So I'm just fighting this inner voice that tells me uh, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. Uh, you need to do more, you need to do better in order to be worthy of people's friendship and trust. And I know now, <laughs> having thought about these, these, que- these same questions that were bugging me during my walk to Santiago, um, that is false. That is not true. Um, what, I, I, what I do is good enough. And God loves me regardless of, of what I accomplish. And so it's it always... Uh, what I what I want to is to work because I love doing what I do. I want to make programs because I love making these shows. I want to do, record podcasts because I love doing that. I love sharing what I discover. That is what, what should motivate me and nothing else. And I've been getting to the point where that is possible. For a while I've been... I've been also afraid to lose my job as a program maker because I was like, well, but that's paying the bills. And if, it's, if I don't have that source of income anymore, uh, you know, maybe, maybe everything will be taken away from me. <laughs> and I won't be able to continue. Now I'm at the point where um, the community of patrons is, is guaranteeing that I will be able to pay the bills and so I can I can do what I do without having to worry about uh, losing my job or, or anything and I can I can choose what, what really fits my mission instead of working just for the sake of generating income and uh, that is a great gift from the community and and in a way it's a gift of God to have that community that takes care and they do it all together uh, but as a community they take care of me so I can take care of them and there's something really beautiful about that and and it it, it it also gives me an inner peace I've uh, I think I've already told you this that TV show has been renewed for the for its final season um, I've outsourced most of the work to Hugo, so he's currently organizing uh, all the interviews that I'm going to do. We're going to uh, split the work, the editing, so that hopefully by the beginning of September all the episodes will be done. And then that will be my last TV job for the time being. Now, it may very well be that next year when they have a different type of program they still want me to play a role, but I don't necessarily have to do it. I can also say, well, you know what? I'm just going to strive for the Netflix project. 
I'm going to free up all my time to do that. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But it's good to know that um, I don't have to worry about the about the the income aspect of it anymore, and and also it's not the quantity of my work that matters. <laughs> I can focus on the quality and on the interactions and everything I do. I can do it because it comes from the heart. And that's where I always wanted to be, but now I feel that I'm I'm finally there. I wonder if I go down these steps here. I think I am. Just gonna go for an extended walk. I'm surprised that I do have uh, the energy to to walk. It's it's amazing that these side effects once once they're over they're they're gone. Yesterday I could barely walk up the stairs. Look at me now. <laughs> Let's let's try to not overdo it, though. That's always been my issue: is trying to do too much. Oh, I think this is the um, the road that leads to the little boat. You can uh, go on a ferry when you're biking here, and it will carry you carry you over the river, so you can continue your uh, your journey southwards. I will do that. <laughs> It's one of the things I'm looking forward to is uh, to to go on on bike rides and the the uh, the consequence of of having to produce another TV season is that I I will have to continue working during these months of summer, um, which is a bit of a shame because I I'm really in need of a an extended vacation, uh, getting some rest. And especially uh, an extended time without deadlines. But I'm thinking if I if I finish everything in the summertime for the rest of the year, I won't have to worry about it. And and that that alone will be worth the extra effort that I put into it. Plus, there is, as usual, a huge advantage in batch processing. So I'm producing these TV episodes in batch. Like for the next few weeks, I will have two or three filming sessions every week that is extra effort but it also makes it much easier because every time it's kind of the same routine I follow the same format and that's much easier than having to like what I did two years ago sometimes I wouldn't even have an idea what to what what the the next episode was going to be about but there was still this looming deadline and so there was this constant push and this constant stress will I be able to to pull it off and so with batch processing, that's hopefully uh, going to be much easier to deal with. Um, but I hope that in between the sessions, I will still... Actually, that may be even more necessary to alternate between these days of work and just days of leisure where I don't think of work. Because it's not just the work itself. It's also uh, how it occupies your mind um, but having being able to step away that's why walking is such a it's such a joy um, because it forces me to step away from uh, from the work <coughs> excuse me oh, there's definitely hay fever as I'm uh, walking through uh, a bunch of meadows I'm, I'm heading towards the the dike that surrounds uh, the city of Wageningen, and everything is in full bloom, especially the grass. And of course, the pollen in the grass are currently floating through the air, so that may also cause my 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 stuffy nose. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's still the vaccine or or if it's hay fever or maybe it's both. <clears throat> the uh, the work on the rectory is uh, making progress. It is a gargantuan effort, as I told you. And it also has has a lot of ups and downs. Like, uh, if you've seen the video that I recorded for my patrons, which is now 
after a couple of weeks, I made it available to uh, to all YouTube followers. It's a tour of the house. If you go, if you go to youtube.com slash Father Roderick, and you look through uh, the uploaded videos, you will see, I think the video is called Let Me Show You My New Home or something like that. On the on the ground level, in the main living room, there used to be this big um, wall. And uh, it encapsulated both a chimney and a safe. Because, of course, it was a rectory and uh, the, the pastor was supposed to have a safe to keep the baptismal records and other personal information. This was at the time that most of the administrative duties were also performed by the priest. Um, he, he needed to have that safe because of the personal nature of all those, uh, uh, all those books. And so they built a safe in the middle of the living room next to the chimney. And the chimney back then when they built the, the, the house was necessary for some extra heating. They used gas. Um, so they had two heaters on both sides of the, of the chimney. And this was because the, the, the house was not insulated at the time. They didn't have double glass. They did, the, the walls were empty. And but of, over time, of course, they they replaced uh, all the all the windows. Now it's it's got double glass. Um, the walls were insulated, so the chimney itself was not necessary anymore. And so uh, when I was uh, when the guys that are helping me with the renovation <clears throat> were looking at it, they they told me, well, "Can't we get rid of this wall? It's such a an ugly." A big obstacle in the middle of the room it makes it very very limited what you can do with the room and so because it created but basically two two separate smaller parts of the living room one is for the diner table and the other one is more for uh, as a living room but the the part where you can put the diner table because of that safe because of that big obstacle it could could just have like five people in there and then it's full which of course when I invite my entire family we're 11 or 12 <laughs> so that is already a problem and and so I started asking if we could remove that wall and that chimney it wasn't a load-bearing uh, wall so uh, you know it would be perfectly safe to remove it but then I bumped into the fact that uh, the the actual wall around the chimney and the safe was done in a certain pattern using very, very rough stones. Basically stones that you would use outside, not inside a home. But um, it was the same pattern. It was, it was uh, built in the same pattern as uh, a wall in the church itself. And so... Uh, some local people were telling me, well, no, that is actually uh, done on purpose by the priest who built the church. And we want to keep that continuity between the wall in the rectory and the wall in the church, because it's similar. Um, and of course, that, that was a, a major bummer, because I was like uh, thinking, well, but it's not technically spoken it's not a rectory anymore i'm not a parish priest plus uh it is i mean i can understand that you have that in the church but it, it, there is no parishioner who's gonna you know knock on my door and say hey may i see that wall that looks just like the one in the church so i understand that it is done on purpose uh in the past but right now it doesn't serve a purpose anymore none of it like the the wall itself, there's there's nobody is gonna see this wall but me for the for the, the next couple of years that I'm gonna be living here, um, and at the same time it's a, it's a huge obstacle. We've got the chimney that is no longer necessary because the house has been insulated and we've got central heating, and the safe is a huge obstacle and and I I don't think it, it's gonna be. Uh, a good thing that that I keep the parish records 
in in a safe in my personal home uh, because I, I think that the, the parish volunteers that are d- taking care of the administration, they should have that safe. So I think we need to move it. But at first, it, it seemed to be uh, impossible to, uh, to change their opinion. <laughs> this just had to stay. Uh, whereas everyone who saw the construction up close they were like oh man and it's really done badly it's such a lousy quality the the whole way the stones were built plus the wall has been they've been painting the house and there the whole there were lots of holes in it it was grimy and dirty um so it was beyond repair basically <clears throat> and uh and I was really, for some reason, I was so frustrated by that or so discouraged. I was like, here we go again. You know, this has been my ongoing problem. Like from the very first rectory that I had, I had these same reflexes that I couldn't make any changes. I had to beg people to uh, to refurbish some, some, some things. Even like in, in the last uh, rectory... Uh, the, I think I I mentioned how the toilet the, I had to wait two years for it to be modernized so so it would be like to, up to normal standards. I'm like come on, like every for the for the, every year of my priesthood, it's been the situation where I was dependent on the the help of parishioners and the, their willingness to to refurbish stuff and then and then sometimes it wouldn't be well most of the time it would never be done and and i'm like mate come on i'm 53 years old i i want a home that feels like a home that's why i'm taking so much time to renovate everything because i want this to be a place where i can feel that it's you know this is this is good this is um well, I don't want to say I deserve it, because that feels pretentious. And I'm, I can, I, I mean, I'm perfectly happy right now, even though I, I just live in a small room in the attic. So that's not it. But it is this desire to also, hey, little kitty. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Hey, hello. You want to be on the podcast? Oh, you're so kind. I'm getting little kisses from you. A beautiful young cat, gray, light gray, and and white, gorgeous cat. So much more <laughs> friendly than uh, poor Arturo. He would never do that. <laughs> oh boy. But uh, but to have to have the feeling that I can. Um, have a home where you know things are just the way they should be instead of constantly having to beg for renovations and and things being broken uh for them to be uh to be repaired i just i and this is where hank uh, has also helped me a lot he's a acolyte from uh, that you know from the times that we were streaming from from uh, uh the joseph's church he he's helping to coordinate the renovation and he's constantly telling me just wait be patient yes this is going to take a lot of time it's going to be very expensive but i want you to have your a home where you really feel at ease and i i think you deserve it and i'm going to take care of it and that is a really nice feeling that um Yes, it's taking so much more time than I thought. But we're doing things right. And it's going to be a great rectory once it's finished. Everything's going to be renovated. Everything works. The house is going to be brand new, basically. And I'm proud of that. And yes, I did invest a ton of money in that. But I had also saved up. For years and years and years, remember I told told you about my little Hobbit fund, which was basically meant to to create a home where I could live my little Hobbit life. And 
uh, and I'm investing this, and it's not just for myself, even though, why not? But it's also for the future. This house was in dire need to be of, of renovation. So I think it was the right, the right choice. And uh, well, we finally, finally were able to convince the people that uh, we had to get rid of that safe and that chimney. And what I did was just, I invited people, just come along and I will, I will show you. I knew that I had good arguments to remove it. And, uh, and so I, I told them, you know, would you, would you like to have this in your own living room? No, of course not. And I said, well, and we showed them all the, all the other renovations that we were doing. Like this, we're not keeping this, the old 50s style of the, of the rectory anyway. We're going to install a brand new kitchen. It's going to be super nice and renovated and, and modern in a certain way. So it doesn't make sense to keep this one relic from the past. Sometimes you just have to let go. <laughs> and, uh. And ultimately, they, they decided, well, yeah, I think you're, you're right. I think we can, we agree that uh, you should just get rid of it. So that's what they're working on this week. It's going to be uh, quite a, a job because the, the safe itself is, uh, is steel. So <laughs> it's going to be quite, quite heavy to remove. Plus, it's just a lot of stone and bricks that need to be re, uh, removed so I, I'm, I'm so glad that I have got some some really experienced people working on that um, also they are currently eagleize um, e- no eagleizing that's not the word they are uh, doing the walls like we remove tiles and stuff and so uh, for instance in the kitchen it looked like a crater landscape and so we've got someone working on that uh, making everything smooth again so we can start building the kitchen that's what i'm looking forward to mostly is uh, finally installing the kitchen and uh, uh and i think once that is done and the electricity is in all the walls that's almost done as well then we are going to see a lot of quick progress i think uh, but it will still probably take a couple of weeks before everything is ready and then once I, once everything is in place, I can start rebuilding my own life and my own routines. So if in the meantime I'm busy filming outside, you know, that may actually be a very good way to spend my time since I, I, I don't, I'm not needed right now during the renovations anyway. This is way beyond my capacity to assist there because it's, uh, well, it requires some some professional people that know what they're doing instead of just me <laughs> messing everything up. So that's uh, that's what's happening. Other people have asked me, "How is your sister?" Uh, Fiona had uh, some uh, pretty serious health issues uh, a few months ago. It even she even had to be hospitalized at one point. She's very very scary. Um, she had an inflammation of the pancreas, and uh, which was misdiagnosed, and that ended. Uh, she ended up in uh, on intensive care or emergency care. Uh, but fortunately, after a couple of days, she was able to go home. And even though she still is not back to her old self, it, things have been improving gradually over time. So it's uh, she, she's safe right now she's still gaining strength she will get her uh, vaccination i think tomorrow or one of these days so hopefully we'll all be safe back then um and my dad is doing well he's been vaccinated my mom has been vaccinated as well so uh i think we're all (laughs) out of the woods (laughs) when it comes to uh the danger of getting sick and even though of course the vaccine doesn't guarantee uh full immunization uh the the effects when if you get covid uh will be much less severe and and not life-threatening that's a good thing to know (laughs) 
So what is, uh, what is my outlook for the next few days? Well, I'm giving myself permission to take it easy today uh, after having been in bed for two days. I think I, I should absolutely take it easy. So I'm just going to walk outside a little bit more, maybe grab an ice cream, do some fun stuff. And uh, after lunch, I will sit down and record my regular podcasts um, because I, it's time. <laughs> it's time to, to get back into that regular schedule. And, uh, it, you know, I'm missing it too. I'm missing this, uh, these two hours of just chatting about stuff I love. Um, it's always a joy to do. And then on Thursday, I've got an appointment with the caretakers of my dad. Uh, they do it every once in a while. Uh, they have the people from the daycare, but also the or daycare. It's probably the wrong term, but people that take care of the, him on a daily basis. But you've also got the psychiatrist, and because of his condition with the dementia, and they bring us up to speed on the, his situation and if things are uh, are, are changing. So, and this time I have to go there. So that's no longer going to be a remote thing. That's going to take up some energy. And then uh, on Friday, I think I've got a day of filming. The first day of filming for the new season. And then next week, I think I've got two or three other filming appointments. So hopefully the weather will stay nice. And I will try to convince myself... <laughs> to take some time off as well. Um, I was talking about taking my bike. Well, I think, well, why not? Why not do that? Why not just go on a bike ride? It will also help me to get back into shape um, and, and, and to move a little bit. It's also, I think, mentally <laughs> very, very good for me to just step away from everything and like I've I've noticed that when I was feeling really bad, uh, especially when I got that message that we wouldn't be able to change the living room, I felt that I was almost depressed. I was like, "Oh no, here we go again. It's the same old story. Like <laughs> nothing ever changes in the in the church. <laughs> like as as if everything all of a sudden was was black." And I. I think it's maybe also an accumulation of uh, like all the uh, frustration that has grown over the past months of everything, how things, uh, how everything changed. And I wasn't looking, I wasn't, I was very happy the way things were and I did not want or ask for this change. So I felt forced into all these, making all these changes and suffer the consequences of it. Also, the, the, I don't know, there is something very fatiguing about not having your own home. I think I've already shared that with you. That is sometimes very hard for me to live in a house with a lot of extroverted people. Whereas I definitely need my alone time. And it's really hard to get that in a house where you don't have your own your own sanctuary in a certain way where even when you're just in your room and I want to be left alone people are still knocking on my door do you want to come for dinner can I ask you something and it's like several times a day but there are days that I I just don't want anyone around me <laughs> um, so that is all that I think was was bottled up and then I just felt so down and so depressed. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it happens even to me. That's not my normal state of mind. I'm usually quite optimistic, as you know, and full of energy. But the difference with before is that I allowed myself to feel that. Instead of blaming myself for being so negative, etc. I was like telling myself, well, you know what? No wonder you feel like this. 
and and it's okay you've gone through a lot and this hasn't been an easy process and this is uh, a very demanding time of your life so it's okay if sometimes you can't cope with that anymore you don't have to be you don't always have to be cheerful <laughs> you're just human right again it comes back to what i said in the beginning god loves me anyway and if i'm struggling with you know these these feelings of uh, somberness god will also carry me through that and i know that that is absolutely what happened and the other day i was also um when i when i went to get my vaccination um afterwards i i stopped by inge's place to uh for dinner because in the in the rectory they had invited uh some some guests and they were going to eat very late and well you know that i that's not really my thing <laughs> i can't, i can't handle too many new people every every day or every week like tonight there is going to be a, again two guests i'm already thinking of of getting away from that it's just i there's just too much going on for me to deal with extra social uh activities anyway the, the life of an introvert <laughs> um so i i had i stopped by inge's place that is of course in the village where i used to live and i after dinner i went back home by car and i drove through the village and i just felt this sadness this total <laughs> deep deep sadness of this has all been taken away from me i loved it here it still feels like home also because i don't have a, my own home yet so it it was just this very somber moment where i was mourning what i lost and and then i started telling myself but the fact that you feel so much sorrow over not living here anymore also shows you how much you loved it here and so it's also a reason to be thankful for the years that you have been able to live here for all the good things that happened here if you wouldn't miss it it wouldn't have been worth much but it is now that you feel the pain of no longer living there it shows you how how wonderful it was so be grateful for that as well look at the upside things are not going to change back um you're going to be okay uh the, your your new rectory is coming together and over a, in a couple of months you'll you'll have your home and you'll be this will be forgotten this this intermediate time and and even this this time of you know camping out in a certain way also has its graces there's it's also a lot of fun to live in father henry's rectory and there are lots of moments of laughter and joy and so there is there is a lot to be grateful for and that that thought literally cheered me up it's it's reframing your own experience it's uh, something i learned from cliff ravenscraft and from tony robbins you you can reframe how you feel by rethinking it and in in this situation i was like okay well well let's let's be thankful for all the all the wonderful years that you spent in this city and be thankful already for the wonderful new experiences that you will have if you, once you uh, uh once you will have your own rectory so and that you know it it cured the somberness like that in a minute that was really a nice moment i needed that so that's what i'll try to keep doing reframe the experiences always keeping in mind that for god it's always good enough he loves me as i am and i don't push myself i don't want to push myself too much if if 
if I'm doing that because I think I, I need to prove myself. If that's the motivation, then I should stop pushing myself. I only want to push myself because, because I love doing what I do. And it's like this mental energy that, uh, that keeps me going. Otherwise, life's going to be exhausting. But if you live and work from your inner passion that is driving you, it will give you the energy that you need. All right, with these thoughts, I'm going to leave you. Thank you so much for your time again. Uh, thank you for your support, your prayers, and you are also in my prayers. Keep safe, keep healthy, and may God bless you.